self-isolating friends and family. I hope you're all right. Welcome to a coronavirus special episode of Brown Don't Frown podcast. The catastrophic impact of coronavirus has not yet been felt fully, but the disruption we have experienced shows what's yet to come. It's really important that we check in on our loved ones, our friends, family, especially vulnerable and elderly members as well. The top priority should be mental health and well-being of ourselves and everyone around us. We do face some really testing times and perhaps in light of this unprecedented event, we can take this opportunity to be reflective and practice greater gratitude for the abundance of home comforts, food and technology that we have access to. And we need to realise that this is not permanent. In the hope of creating greater awareness and helping others realise that they're not alone in the challenges they face, that we are all in this together, I asked some of my friends and family to share their experiences through voice notes about how the coronavirus has affected them, what measures they've taken to make it work for them, and I also asked them to share some tips on staying sane, managing mental health, looking out for others, and being productive during self-isolation. So, here it goes. Hi everybody, uh, my name is Charlene Gandhi and I uh, live in London, uh, which is one of the hardest hit places when it comes to coronavirus. So uh, I am basically staying in my house um, for as long as I can possibly uh, stay in my house for. Um, I think in terms of impact, um, I'm obviously I'm working from home. Um, I think it's made me realise just how much a lot of work we do is arbitrary. Um, I feel like I could be used better working for the NHS at the moment. Um, but obviously I can't saunter in and be like, give me a job. Um, but I know that what I do right now isn't critical when you, when you land in, in a situation like this it's all hands on deck really and that's that's how I feel at the moment that I could be of more value in this situation working for uh you know either a charity that's on the ground or the NHS or any other healthcare provider um you know even for the government doing more communications work to make sure that everybody is is up to scratch um in terms of what in terms of knowing what they need to do um, in in a time like this, um, but I think it's made a lot of people realise that actually what they do isn't critical to to the world. Um, my family are all at home. Um, I live with two uh, vulnerable slash immunocompromised people, so um even those of us who do commute even us going out is a little bit risky. Um, one of us isn't feeling very well right now, so. Um, it's it's a lot it's a lot of uh cognitive challenge i think um so i think day-to-day life has obviously fundamentally changed um and i think part of the uncertainty is that we don't know how long this is going to go on for when we first started given this is day four officially of self-isolation um i think we were all under the impression that it would be sort of two or three weeks um it's now looking like it will be more like two or three months um so i think the impact on day-to-day life will actually be more measurable in the long run um so i just think it will be it'll be fascinating to see how this plays out and when we actually do go back to a position where we can go into work full-time um or go back into our offices full-time rather what is that adjustment going to be like as well um in all honesty in terms of how it's made me feel um I don't feel that 
different I'm more cautious of just day-to-day actions but I've actually started um, an Instagram and Twitter channel called Radical Slowing um, because I think this is the perfect opportunity for us to explore what it means to slow down especially in a city like London where everybody is go 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 all the time you know you've got your work life you've got your social life you've got your family life and you've got the commute in between Um, there's almost no time to sit back and I think the automatic reaction for a lot of people has almost been how do I fill up this extra time that I've got you know how do I do everything that is as has not been done for months and months you know how do I declutter my house how do I um learn something new which is all well and good if that brings you genuine joy but if you're doing it to fill the time um I would suggest that the minute you start to see rest and sleep and deep breathing as productive as well is is just going to change your mindset completely in this period where we're not doing as much as we're used to doing. Um, I have a lot of tips, I think, on on self-isolation and how to get by, um, which I think I've, I've sort of built up over time, so they might not work as well. But one thing that I've learned um is just to listen to your body um i think for me the shocking thing over the last few days is actually how tired i've felt um which is really surprising and it actually proves just how much we run on adrenaline day to day i have felt my eyes go at about half past eight nine o'clock um in the evening which is very surprising considering i probably haven't moved um but actually just listening to your body and going I am tired now I need to go to sleep or fundamentally are you actually feeling unwell in which case stay away from people in your house you know stay away from work as well don't make it worse um and I think that's that's a really good tip not only for self-isolation but just um just in in general as well um and just just to flip back to my my Instagram channel, um, Radical Slowing, uh, part of why I've been thinking so much about this whole process of slowing down and what it means for us as a society is um, it has a radical impact on the climate as well. So we've already seen that um, the air pollution around the Wuhan area has gone down, you know, even just a substantial amount. It's quite shocking to see to see the satellite images and um in comparison when you've got venice and the canals of venice are the clearest they've been in months because nobody's out on them um i'm sure the same is happening in london where actually the the decrease in the number of cars on the street is having a radical impact on the quality of the air um so this isn't something that sits in isolation um and i hope this isn't something that stops when we do come out of the end of um, this period of self-isolation because of the coronavirus i hope that people see that slowing down and um decreasing the amount of activity that we're just used to doing and sort of treating ourselves like machines is not only having a detrimental impact on our well-being but also on our natural climate and the two things really do go hand in hand um so yeah thank you very much for listening to me today um make sure you follow tanya and all the awesome work that she does on brand don't frown and yeah enjoy self-isolation hello everyone my name is Ilaria. um i live in camden town um in london where i also work um, i work in a law firm um legal aid <laughs> based law firm um, um devoted to human rights um 
Um, well, the, the coronavirus has impacted me on so many levels. My family's from Italy. Specifically, my parents are from the north of Italy, which, as you know, is one of the most badly affected areas um, in my country at the moment. They've been quarantined for, I think, about three weeks now. Other people have been quarantined for over a month. Um, and I've I've been hearing accounts from some people in my family that they've been seeing churches in some cities being used to um, sort of like stock, so to speak, um, corpses, um, coffins, because they don't have any space anymore to put them, which is sort of like, uh, you know, apocalypse now sort of scenario. And it's scary. Um, it's scary because I can't be there. Um I can't be with my family. They can't be with me. Uh, the situation is very uncertain for for us all now. So, being away from your loved ones is is challenging, um, and I for me specifically is the worst part of this whole thing, um, because if anything happens, um, we're not with each other. Um, my work, uh, my firm specifically, has been incredibly incredibly reasonable. Um, uh, with respect to the strategy to take um, um, in relation to employees' safety and and you know working from home, so they've given us the possibility of working from home if we uh, think that this is the best option for us. They haven't compelled us to come to work, so uh, you know for people like me that can walk to work. Um, or people that can cycle to work, we uh, go in from time to time. So it, it's mostly based on a, on a feeling of solidarity rather than being forced to come to work. Although I've heard of, of colleagues in the same industry, in the law industry, that have been compelled to go to work and have to rotate with, with colleagues to be in the office, and that's appalling. Um, and, you know, if you walk around Camden... People knowing London and especially Camden Town being a super touristy area, um, it's it's basically desert right now compared to what it usually is. I think still there could be some room for improvement. I see people at the pub near my house. You know, some people are still like acting as if like nothing is happening. So I think strict measures will have to be taken, especially in the capital, because some people are just completely oblivious to the danger um, that they pose to themselves and others. Um, my daily life so far is pretty okay. I am... Um, um, I, I, I am organizing my, my apartment and my life, my daily routine, because I think it's very important to still have one, to keep one, although we are forced indoors. Um, I'm organizing it in a way that, you know, I have stuff to do, to put it briefly. So I exercise at home. I'm, I'm a gym fanatic. I love physical exercises. It's one of the only, um, it's one of the few things that keep me sane in my life. And so I don't want to renounce, um, uh, you know, to it and so I am doing exercise I have um, books to read that I've always wanted to read and now finally seems like I'll have the time to do so <laughs> and obviously alongside I have to work which is good because you know there's not there's not much that we can do insofar as law people because courts are shutting down and all that um, but there's still quite that can be done um, what I strongly advise, as I said, is to form a routine for yourself because um, it really improves your mental health. 
keep in touch with as many people as as possible i honestly i i reconnected with people from my past that we you know i haven't heard from for for years and it's really nice family as well um you know it's really important just keep in touch reach out you know um and find yourself stuff to do with regularity so maybe i don't know every other day do some exercise or you know read for an hour a good book or something like that watch tv whatever keeps you sane because i think the one of the most challenging things will be um the feeling of loneliness um and i think panic doesn't help um so yeah that's pretty much my my life um in coronavirus times <laughs> uh, as a small business owner we've actually seen an upturn in sales because we deal with uh, digital gaming and video games and computer games uh we've seen that our customers have generally because they're in quarantine or because they're staying in are spending more time playing games and spending more time indoors which in turn means our sales have actually effectively been boosted Um, but in other respects such as dealing with developers and dealing with um, people that you know help run our business things are actually even even on that front have gotten better because I think since we employ a lot of self-employed people they're just happy to have work so in honesty the virus has actually affected us probably more in a positive way than a negative way hi tanya thank you for inviting me to be a part of this show on coronavirus i think it's great to actually talk about this Um, And I think it just brings us closer together by doing these uh, communication online. Um, So here we go. So my name is Hanita and um, I'm obviously it's very scary um, because over 100 people have died in the UK from this virus. So for people who have loved ones that are elderly or at risk, it is actually very scary. Um, but hopefully the measures that the government have implemented and that everyone is implementing will kind of reduce that as much as possible and hopefully the virus will disappear very, very quickly. Um, But on the flip side, it's actually kind of exciting for me as well because it kind of changes life, you know, you're not doing the mundane day in, day out, go to work, come home, Um, I'm now working from home and I think that's great because I feel like you have more of a work-life balance, you have more time to get on top of any outstanding work, Uh, you save time traveling, Um, you can cook whatever food you want given that you've actually managed to buy food from the supermarkets in the midst of all this Um, and yeah I'm, I'm, I'm enjoying it and I do feel more connected as a result because I think I feel like because I know that most people are in their homes I don't really feel maybe so lonely as whereas before I would because I feel like oh it's okay everyone is in their home so it's fine and as a result I feel like um I can you know I'm ringing up my family and friends a lot more staying in contact with them a lot more because I feel like everyone's in the same boat so I feel like that's actually brought us closer together and then Hopefully things like this podcast will bring people closer together and 
it's kind of made me realize actually how fortunate we are that we have technology and that maybe in this day and age when we're so kind of individualistic and we live in an individualistic society that maybe tech is the answer to bring us closer together and I kind of feel like this time kind of alone is going to um, allow me to kind of do other things like you know write letters to my family do more creative things like go through my wardrobe just like fun different things that like you kind of always have to do but you never do them so I feel like maybe this might be quite productive because you're literally just in your home pottering about and also I've got an exam in June which hopefully will still go ahead and I've got no excuse now not to study for that because it's not like um, I'll be visiting friends instead um, so yeah I think I think it has a lot of benefits and but obviously the main thing is to just make sure that we can get rid of this um, virus as quickly as possible um, also another thing is um, doing home workouts I really hope that this gives me the opportunity to become really strong um, you know I'm, I'm starting to get a six pack now and I've never ever had that before in my life and I usually go to a gym training to do jiu-jitsu and that's a contact sport so um, I didn't go for the first time yesterday and that was a tough decision but it was based off the back that I'm planning to go to Scotland at Easter which is in three weeks time to see my family including my grandparents and I spoke to them before I was meant to go to my jiu-jitsu class and they didn't tell me not to go but they just kind of put it into perspective and then I was like yeah no I'm definitely not going it's not worth it I want to see my grandparents in three weeks time and yeah I think you know really great community spirit like everyone's checking on everyone you know my housemates everyone's being really supportive and it's actually really amazing so um I just hope that everyone is okay and I kind of feel bad for like you know the 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 kids that maybe come from disadvantaged backgrounds you know I hope this doesn't allow people to fall more into like crimes or things like that um so yeah I really hope that we will all come out of this stronger and, and I have a feeling that we will and yeah I think this podcast is a great idea again to bring people together so um yeah thank you and take care Hi, my name is Peter. I work in the International Quarter in Stratford, London, and I live in Stevenage. How has the coronavirus impacted my family and I? Well, I actually live by myself, so thankfully the effects for me are quite minimal. I guess the biggest and for me luckily most fortunate impact is probably going to be working from home. My mother, who is elderly and living by herself, is pretty scared and I'm just calling her every day just to kind of be there for her. How has it made me feel? Uh, well, to be honest, disgusted is one word that comes to mind, closely followed by selfishness. Um, it's really put into focus for me just how wealth-orientated uh, society we are and how far removed we are from our kind of communal supportive past where is the love um, 
Where is the love for your neighbor? Where is the love for your postman? Where is the love for your fellow human? It's, it's uh, seriously quite all sad. What measures have I taken to make it work for me? Well, aside from working from home, as of tomorrow, which is Friday the 20th of March, I will be self-isolating for two weeks uh, because I've developed a sore throat and a cough. Um, what measures? Well, uh, I've bought some art for my home to kind of liven it up so I'm not just staring at blank walls. Um, and I guess any last comments? Well, I guess I just want to say uh, talk to your friends who live by themselves. It can be a scary and lonely time. Hi, my name's Kathleen and I'm a full-time student studying in Hong Kong. And the biggest impact for me is, well, because Hong Kong is a neighboring city to China, we share the same borders, uh, we were probably one of the first cities to be affected by this pandemic. So our government has actually announced the closure of all schools beginning from February. So I've been out of school for a month and a half now. And I think having to still maintain the same schedule and kind of a similar routine, except you're in a completely different setting. Like I'm attending all of my lectures in my bedroom and sometimes tutoring other students in my bedroom. And it's just something that takes a little getting used to because you're not in, you're not surrounded by people. You're not surrounded by the work environment. So you feel a lot less motivated to do work, you know? And I find myself always procrastinating because I feel like, you know, being at home is where I usually take my mind off work and take my mind off school. So I have the illusion of feeling like I have a lot of free time, but my to-do list just keeps on piling on. And I think this whole working from home and studying at home thing takes a lot of self-motivation and discipline to do and that is not for everybody <laughs> and as someone who gets distracted really easily um i was honestly finding it quite difficult um how have i been coping i mean i'm not like a super social person to begin with i usually get my social interactions at work and in school um, and occasionally hanging out with my friends. But in general, like, I'm quite happy just staying at home. But even, even that, even the fact that I enjoy staying at home, like, being cooped up all day for days, like, I can go a week without leaving the house. I mean, it drives me a little bit crazy. So what do I do? Because I live kind of far away from the city, I usually um, wait until it's kind of late at night 
and it might not be the safest thing to do, but sometimes I go on runs um, because I live right next to a, a reservoir. So there's just long path and I just go, go on a run for like 30, 30 minutes to an hour. Or sometimes I just go on a drive with my dog and that way I won't have to sacrifice a mask because like in Hong Kong, it's social etiquette to have to wear a mask whenever you go outside, you know, as a way to prevent your own germs from spreading to other people and to prevent yourself from getting infected by possible germs in the air. And since last month, everybody was panic buying all the supplies, including masks. Um, a lot of my friends and I are actually running really short on masks and sometimes having to plan my schedule around whether or not I have masks available or whether I have enough masks like for the rest of my family so sometimes I find myself having to kind of put off things like grocery runs or dog walks simply because I don't have enough masks so I think like adapting to this new normal is also quite challenging. Hello, my name's Susan and I'm an a retired nurse from Rotherham in South Yorkshire. I just want to give my little two penneth on the corona crisis that's going on at the moment. First of all, I've just got to say a big thumbs up to the NHS staff, all of the NHS staff that are working really hard to help uh, in this crisis. Every health worker out there, absolutely top team, we've got this. Just amazing. And ready for any shenanigans that COVID-19 can throw at us. Bring it on. When the tough gets going, we're going to get tough. We can assure you of that. Anyway, I've just got to say that I think that uh, Boris Johnson and his government are doing not a bad job, really. The, if, can you imagine? I've studied change management, and it's hard getting three people to change. Never mind about 66 million. So, you know, they're not they're not doing bad. They're getting people on their side, but it does anger me when. Some people aren't taking it seriously. You've got... There's a lot of contradictions going about. You've got people on one side that are saying, oh, you can only have five people to your wedding. My niece has just had to cancel her wedding to next year because she certainly doesn't want five people to her wedding. On the other hand, I've just drove past a pub that's a very big pub that attracts a lot of people where I live in Yorkshire and it's open to the public and there's a lot more than five people going in there the other day the government said let's close schools and then today they've given a long list of key workers which makes it that most children will be going to school so are they going to school or aren't they going to school you know there's a lot more than five people there going to school so how are we actually going to stop the spread? Does COVID-19 worry me? In Yorkshire, it's not really it us, so 
you know, I do feel for people in London where there's a, lot, a big population and uh, they are feeling it. But up in Yorkshire, you know, you know, until it hits you, then people don't usually change. And everyone's going about the business exactly as normal. There's a couple of changes, a few changes, where you can see on the sidelines that people aren't going to work or they want to self-isolate. You know, but uh, on the whole, everyone's going about the business in just the normal way because I think there's been one case where I live in Rotherham. Hey, my name's Joe. Um, I work in London. Um, and work and live in London too, sorry. Um, how has coronavirus impacted me? Um, to be honest mostly just uh, freedom of movement I think we take for granted how much uh, you can actually move around um, you know in the in in the grand scheme of like obviously like work you have to be there in certain places but you know it's a big difference between choosing to work from home and being told you have to work from home you know it's almost like lack of um, choice to be able to like step out and go somewhere if you actually want to um, and obviously that has a big effect on like social stuff as well like, I haven't seen any of my friends for like a little while it's probably going to be that way for at least you know a month maybe two months who knows um, yeah it's a bit crazy to be honest unprecedented times um, yeah impact on uh, daily life um, mostly uh, just yeah going into work I guess just work from home most days I'm a bit a bit more scared to not scared but you know a bit more cautious about like going out and going to the shop or, um, or just like a lot more mindful of how many people I'm going to be interacting with um, and also just um, social plans just completely cancelled obviously I'm in the diary um, which is maybe a good thing <laughs> I had a whole bunch of stuff in March I was supposed to do but oh well um, how's it made me feel? Um, I don't really know, to be honest. I think um, it's made me reflect a lot more on like the past in terms of you know what the world was like in World War Two, or you know just around the world. Just whenever there was like a real, you know, a real crisis in the community, um, what people must have been thinking going through that period of time and how they adapted because um, you know I guess the requirement is always to adapt and uh, continue to you know live basically that's just um, I guess the way humans are that's just what we do uh, it's just continually adapt um, but yes yeah, I guess mostly just a feeling of isolation um, um, I think it's, it's quite tough to be like oh Oh, humans, like obviously humans are the cause of why this is happening. Um, but also it's like the people who are probably at the core of it, you know, if you're not a conspiracy theorist, um, we're probably just uh, trying to make a living. And then obviously that's spiraled into a whole bunch of other stuff, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. Um, yeah. Um, what measures have I taken to make it work for me? Um not nothing too crazy to be honest I'm just still trying to um, have like a routine getting up like relatively early not that early just try and go for a walk in the mornings like trying to cook trying to stay healthy not spend loads of money on junk 
Um, yeah, having a lot more like video calls um, with friends, like group chats, that kind of thing. Um, just because, uh, you know, we've got to utilize technology we have um, in this time to, you know, uphold as much social contact as, as it's comfortable for, you know, each of us, I guess. Um, any tips on being productive and staying sane during self-isolation? Um, I don't want to say all the generic stuff. Obviously, people would say, you know, try and have some separation. Uh, don't work on your beds, that kind of thing, if you can, if you have, like, a desk somewhere. Um, for my thing, it's just, you know, still try and, try and stick to working hours, honestly. Like, just you know at half five or whatever time you finish work it's be like alright cool I'll pick up wherever else I, I need to do tomorrow and then just go from there um, that Netflix party thing actually works it's a plug-in that works on Google Chrome so you know that's like a cool thing you can do um, look for online games you know apps on your phone that you can play with, like with your friends um, you know or just look for or just do more of stuff that you enjoy you know I listen to music a lot you know small music small films if that's your thing um just you know whatever uplifts you um but doesn't necessarily uh doesn't necessarily have detrimental effects on you like obviously you know doing loads of like you don't want to be drinking loads or whatever because you don't want to be in a like a weird space and not even be able to go out and get fresh air to make yourself feel better but yeah I've also got a recording which was sent through by my friend in the form of a transcript, which I'm happy to read out for the listeners. So here it goes. My name is Magda and I'm a PhD student in law and a researcher on the project. I split my time living between Birmingham and North Yorkshire, where my boyfriend works. The pandemic has affected me in a number of ways, which I'm sure are not unique to me. Firstly, I'm quite worried that I might not be able to visit my family for a while. My dad is in the high-risk group and my brother has been visiting Poland whilst the country went into a full lockdown and he might not be able to return to the UK for quite some time. Another thing is my relationship. I split my time between two places, as I said, and seeing my boyfriend now might be harder. Coronavirus has now made us change our plans of moving in together permanently a few months sooner than we had planned to do that. I feel that I need a loved one with me during this time. I feel privileged that I am able to work fully from home and earn my normal living that way. Not everyone is able to do that, so I won't complain about my work situation. I just had to reshuffle some of my timelines. I was meant to go to Canada for data collection purposes this whole summer, but this is most likely not going to happen. Not the end of the world. My surroundings are still worrying me. I wish people took social distancing seriously. I still know of people visiting each other and going to pubs and restaurants and using public transport where unnecessary. Social distancing is hard. I really miss my office colleagues, my family, my friends. At first, I wasn't worried about coronavirus when we've had only a couple of cases in the UK. But as the numbers progressed and I did my research, I realised it was serious. I'm a little worried 
a little scared but mostly hopeful this will eventually end even if it takes 12 months it will eventually be over and i would like everyone to remember that I've been social distancing and staying at home as much as possible, and so I've got some tips on staying productive and sane. Firstly, keep a routine and do work, if you can, but only as much as you can. During this extraordinary time, it would be obscene to expect of yourself to excel at work or to overachieve. You need to take care of your mental health right now. Social distancing and self-isolation puts us all at risk of mental health problems. Slow down, rest a lot, take vitamin D3, go for walks, work out at home. I recommend doing things at home you've not had time to do, such as cooking new recipes, baking. Try decluttering. Declutter one small space at a time. Toss things you don't need or that are broken. Donate some and whilst you're doing it, you're creating a clear and better home for yourself. Trust me, you'll realise just how much you don't need. Make sure you Skype, call or video chat to your family and friends. Volunteer. All studies show that doing something good for others helps our mental health. Check up on people. If your screen time increases during this time, it's absolutely fine. Be forgiving and be kind to yourself and to others. My final thought is to remember that this will end and to take social distancing seriously. The sooner we become strict with it, the sooner it will end. Hi, my name is Charlotte Morfitt and I work for the London Borough of Waltham Forest. I live in South West London. I'm also studying part-time at Leeds Beckett University. I'm studying women planning and leadership in the housing and planning department and I co-chair a national network called Women in Planning. The coronavirus has really impacted me in a couple of ways, how I interact with my family, how I work and how Women in Planning operates. In terms of how I interact with my family, my parents are over 70 and I can't see them. They've been isolated for slightly longer than they're supposed to be because they're cautious people. And I'm really happy that they've done that and I haven't had to argue with them about that. But it's really difficult. In a time of crisis, families come together and I can't see them. I haven't been able to see my sister even before everything properly kicked off because her son and daughter, my niece and nephew, had chicken pops. So I've been away from them as well. And as well as her husband too. My partner has been off work for slightly longer than most people because he works in contract catering, which is catering that works for specific clients. So usually the catering that happens inside some of the bigger firms across London and obviously they've been working from home so he has not been um, cooking for them and I really worry about him and the fact that he has to stay at home and has been staying at home for longer. In terms of work we've been fully embracing flexible working for quite some time we've had laptops and access to work from home for the three years that I've been at Waltham Forest but we've got um, heightened technology in the last year or so around having Skype and Microsoft Teams and actually that's really come into its own and it's made working at home even better than before. We've really been embracing using video calls and that's really helped me because I really 
would work better when I'm around people and uh, having vehicles does really, really help me. And it does make you feel extra connected to the team. And actually, that's one of my main tips for people around being productive is make sure you take that time to speak to people. Um, in terms of women in planning, we're looking at how we can provide virtual events for everybody. We create free events throughout the year for our members and uh, we don't want to stop doing that. So we're looking at how we might be able to do that virtually for everybody and also provide extra virtual content in terms of maybe a podcast or um, online interviews and so forth. Um, in terms of my daily life, my spare bedroom is my office and um, to have to just travel to work down the corridor is quite different and difficult and um, I don't mind it though because I'm lucky enough to have my partner with me and to keep me company and to go and have a cup of tea and make a cup of tea and talk to him and discuss everything. Um, but one of my tips for everybody is just because we're isolated doesn't mean that you can't network with people. And I have been calling people and setting up video calls with as many people as I can for, uh, you know, a coffee break or a lunch break just to discuss things, get things, keep things moving. But also catching up people that maybe live further away that I haven't been able to speak to for a while that are outside London or outside my usual network that I know and enjoy having chats with. And I think the one thing that will come out through this um, pandemic is that I'll continue to talk to people via video conferencing and really take advantage of that um, media that is available to all of us. It's great. It's much better than I thought. Um, and I'm really enjoying having virtual coffees with people and saying hello and catching up and taking that opportunity to reconnect with some people that I haven't been able to because they're not able to come to London to meet me for coffee and I'm not able to go to where they are to meet me for coffee. So I think that's a great advantage out of everything that's happening. Hi, this is Zed. I'm from South London and I am an English teacher. And how has the coronavirus impacted me? Well, we know from the media that schools have been shut down, uh, but they remain open for the most vulnerable and those that are sons and daughters of key workers. Um, but before getting into that, um, I think it's very important for me to say that schools, especially uh, mine, I work in a secondary school, the fear and uneasiness was apparent from weeks ago, especially with young people. And as a teacher, your responsibility is to, you know, remain calm, to stick to the facts. Um, but this last week, up until the announcement of school closure, I have to admit, it was incredibly hard. Every day I was going home with a headache, and I've definitely got a case sarah sarah kind of uh, mentality and approach to life. I won't worry unless there's a reason to be worried. And our school was functioning. Most of our students were in. Our teachers were calling. Not many teachers were calling in sick. Like maybe one or two, and there was more on the cover lesson lists. But it wasn't 
terrible, but it was the it was the fear, it was the paranoia. It was like if anyone coughed or spluttered or sneezed, I had a fever. Suddenly, you know, medical was filled with kids, and it got more and more to the point where every day students were coming up to me saying, "Miss, like, is school going to get shut down? Like, oh yes, I heard it's going to be shut down for two months, and I had to be like, no, unless we hear something confirmed, you can't." walk around believing this so it was quite quite hard quite um a strain and then soon um, announcements from uh, senior leadership and the principal um led staff to into the direction of preparing for the um the, the the big maybe if we were to set work and just again that fear of just like we're preparing but we don't know um and then boris johnson's announcement I thought it would alleviate and it was kind of it felt relaxing knowing like okay now we this is confirmed it's happening now I know how to prepare but it was still this this I can't explain how the school day felt it felt unusual felt uneasy more and more students were were off sick um and more staff members were going because they were self-isolating because someone in their family or in their household um showed the symptoms so it's I think for me it definitely had way more of a bigger emotional impact talking with other staff members quite a lot of people freely were talking about the fact that they went home and cried like the last couple days or I saw one or two teary at work and then on the last day of school you see year year 11's um, prematurely signing shirts and saying goodbye to teachers and it, it was a very emotional affair and I think it's, I come from a family of teachers as well, so hearing about other schools closing, about other, you know, premature goodbyes, me not knowing the next time I'll see my tutor group, like, it's it feels very strange because it's not controlled. We suddenly don't feel controlled. Um, so, yeah, it's a very unusual place, and I can only be grateful that as a teacher, at least, I still feel some job security, I still get paid. Um, so impressed by those um, working in the NHS, in retail, you know, all the key workers that are doing such important work and still have to physically go into work, and those in schools that are still supporting um, the children that are the most vulnerable. I can only just say it's impressive how people come together in a time of massive stress. But yeah, I mean, for me, working from home as a teacher, some technological aspects are don't always work, especially when this many teachers are probably logging on at the same time. But I'm lucky that I come from a school that already had provisions to work electronically, where I've heard of quite a few other schools um, through friends and family where they've had to set up new things. So that's hard because setting up stuff on software that they're not familiar with and now suddenly you're working from home and you've got to get over it. So, and the children are waiting for regular work. Um, so it's quite interesting because it's, again, it's forced, it's not planned. I definitely think this is going to reset society. Um, I think this forced, imp- the, the forced situation of being at home and not having that daily rush of getting into work early, coming back late thinking about assessments, thinking about, like, behaviour management, thinking about all these things. I think as teachers suddenly to be home, 
it's a double-edged sword I know those that live for work and work really hard and you know work as their passion it's a career and then there's also the other end that we were drained we were tired so hi my name's Shirin and I work as a lawyer in London um, but I'm also the co-founder of South Asian Sister Speaks or SAS um, and so coronavirus has been really interesting um, it's means that I'm now working from home since a few days ago which is definitely an adjustment um I work in a field where especially at my level as a junior working from home is not allowed so the fact that I'm now working from home completely I think is is quite an interesting one um and it's been okay so far in terms of practically um but I think it would be quite interesting to see how it persists especially that I'm in a new team and I don't really know the individuals that much um and yeah so my surroundings right now I actually normally live in a flat in London but I've moved back um to stay with my mum in the suburbs to keep her company um as unfortunately my dad passed away recently so um now more than ever kind of willing to be around her and um she fits into that vulnerable group so trying to be here but also being really conscious that I'm um a risk factor and that I could quite easily get it and although it wouldn't affect me too much it could hurt so I'm trying to distance myself um for her sake and also be there to um make it less lonely because I worry about the mental health issues that will come out of this um and how has it made me feel I think I don't it kind of just feels a little bit crazy I feel like we're in the apocalypse um and it just says a lot about um how difficult it is nowadays to um address these kinds of issues like before these things would never have spread so far because um we weren't as globalized so um yeah and in terms of mental health um I think the most important things I've done is set up regular Skype dates with my friends um to make sure that I'm keeping in touch with people and talking to them and then I still need to get into a routine I haven't been particularly good with that but I'm um hoping to go for daily walks now that the weather is getting a little better do some more exercise um and I'm hoping those things will be helpful and it's been amazing to see how many people are offering free sessions and things on social media so um I dance quite a lot and I've been following all the kind of um Bolly Firm and all these other um organizations who are doing free Instagram live lessons and um that's been amazing to see as well Hi, my name is Heather um, and I study um, and live in London. Um, and I think the coronavirus, I mean, blimey, um, it's obviously just put us all on, put the whole world on pause really, hasn't it? But I think for me, I was quite lucky in the sense that our, um, as soon as the outbreak really started happening in, in the UK, um, I finished university for about a month, but obviously there's, I think it's affected 
mostly a lot more, more the people in my class than me because they're all from different countries Italy, Spain and South Korea and China obviously so they're all you know trying to work out whether to to go home some of them have gone home but I've no idea whether they'll even be able to get back to finish the course one of my friends started feeling the symptoms um, and she just hasn't gone home so she's going to be home for you know just going a bit so crazy for the next few weeks but um, you know so I think in that sense I'm obviously lucky because I think I managed to um, to get out and and see my mum but I think you know I've just been at home for the past week mainly because of you know I did start feeling pretty much all of the symptoms but you know I was already pretty run down so I didn't really know whether I had it or not so I think it's just the the question mark around it all which is really tough you know and it makes you just feel pretty lonely because as soon as I started feeling the symptoms I, I told my housemates you know I said could you pick up some Luro I'm not feeling well you know and they started being so hostile towards me instantly you know and none of them offered to buy anything or go to the shop for me even though they knew I was self-isolating instead of you know and trying to offer help they kind of just decided to steer away from me even one of them that was pretty close to you know it was quite clear she didn't want to talk to me or come anywhere near me um you know so that was really hard being um you know ill and at the same time not having anyone to talk to in the house and everyone's mad that I didn't kind of I think they were all just really annoyed to have it in such close um contact you know so it's kind of it's obviously making everyone back away from each other which is so sad because it's really not what we need in this time right now I think we're already so disconnected in terms of kind of physical contact and you know now it's making it even worse you know the, the language that's being used it's like you know avoid all non-essential contact it's like great I mean it was bad enough as it was but yeah I think for me I felt um definitely quite lonely and kind of started to get quite bored you know for me I was kind of using that time just to try and um stay productive sort of tidy my room tidy my space and which helped a bit but after like probably four days of tidying I didn't really have much else to tidy and I have a lot of stuff so that you know that took quite a long time um but as well I managed to do some drawings I think for me that that was a really nice time because um it's given me a chance to to get stuff done and there's really no other thing I need to be getting on with apart from you know a couple of university things so for me I'm quite lucky I don't have work commitments right now you know and so it's given me the chance to kind of think well okay I'm self-isolating got nothing else that needs urgently doing or I can't go out so it you know all the things all the drawings that I've been saying putting off because it's like well I don't have time to just sit around and draw for hours you know write um it's it's given me that chance to do that so that's probably the only positive thing for me you know um but yeah, so I think I saw a meme that said, you know, just bear in mind that um, Shakespeare wrote uh, King Lear while he was self-quarantining for the plague. So, you know, we can look, try and look at it in, in some kind of positive sense if we can, you know, and it's, it's really difficult to do that, you know, obviously, and not get worried about it. But I think, you know, it's just 
to, I know um, my own sister's kind of been really panicky because she has no idea whether she's even going to ha- get to go back to university until next September you know so that she's missing out on so much and I think she's really worried about that but it's I guess the fact that we're all each every one of us in the whole world right now has been put on pause so it's and it's so it's the uncertainty that we don't know what's going to happen next which is scary you know the fear of the unknown I suppose but I think for me it's just felt like I needed to be with my with my family obviously I couldn't be with kind of my my grandma or my nan or anything you know because they're um, considering I had some of the symptoms I, I have no idea if I had it or not because no one no one would actually come out and test me which I get or you know obviously people are way more other people are way more important than me um but yeah so luckily I've managed to kind of escape London and go to see my mum in the country which is um you know, just in time for this lockdown, which is because I think I, I don't know how I would have managed if I'd have just been at home in London. You know, with housemates being really, un, really unfriendly, and all of my friends are kind of trying to stay in. The ones that have haven't gone home are trying to stay in and not. You know, not, it's just trying to reduce the spread as much as possible. It feels weird being on the tube or being out and about. It's you know, and people wearing masks, but apparently it doesn't make any difference because it's not actually. It's, it's due to what you touch, not not to what you're breathing in. So, yeah, I don't know. I think I'm. For me, the only way I'm trying to deal with it is just by trying to stay away from it as much as possible. You know, and more trying not to panic because I think we could easily start panicking about these things, but there's nothing we can do about it. It's happened, you know, and hopefully it's going to start subsiding. So that for me, that's, you know, the only way I'm looking at it. But, yeah, I really feel for those people that are kind of this, you know, are based in a place where, you know, none of their family are or they can't see their family. And it's really tough, you know, because it makes you feel more lonely than ever. And I think sometimes, especially in London, it's a lonely city anyway. We're all so focused on our own lives. But in a way, it's kind of, for me, it's, you know, it's made me sort of, want to tell the people I love that I love them you know and not in a cheesy kind of morbid way but just it just makes you realize your your humanity a bit more sometimes you know